Hey, e-commerce trailblazers, I don't only do this, but just had to because the growth insights you'll get from this resource are way too good to miss out. So right now, I'd like you to open up your favorite podcasting app and search for Lightning 50 or Lightning 50 e-commerce. It should pop up as a first result, the Lightning 50 e-commerce growth hacking podcast by Bright Pro. Hit follow or subscribe. Why? The Lightning 50 e-commerce podcast, especially the current season three, is in my opinion, a hugely underrated e-commerce resource that is extremely relevant, not just for surviving, but for thriving in 2023. It is packed with battle-filled e-commerce growth stories from some of the most successful e-commerce brands and industry disruptors like Richard Longhurst, Thomas Hal Robson Canu, and Kath Senior. Don't let these invaluable insights and strategies slip away. To subscribe, search for Lightning 50 or Lightning 50 e-commerce on your favorite po podcasting app or head over to brightpearl.com slash lightning hyphen 50 hyphen podcast. A lot of people tend to ask like, what's the, like, how do we pay influencers, right? Like, should we do affiliate? Should we do um, like ambassador? What should we do, right? So there's only five ways to really um, pay influencers. It is basically you give them a monetary compensation, right? So I'll, I'll actually start with the cheapest way and then I'll go to the most expensive ways, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can do gifting or seeding. That is step number one, right? That's the easiest way. Saral is more for the, the manager, the brand to use. Um, it's not for the influencers. So we're not like a discord or something like that for the creators usually the way we engage um cross influencer stuff is we can add them to a group usually on slack or on whatsapp or in facebook um if it's a younger audience discord also works although we have not really seen that uh, we haven't personally done it but then it can work definitely um so any like get your influencers to be part of a group um like your ambassadors i'm always like the bias to action kind of guy so always, I would say your first step as a brand is to find your first 100 perfect fit influencers. Don't worry about strategy yet. Don't worry about anything else. Just figure out who you want to work with and make a list of at least 50 of those people. And better if you make a list of 100 people. Uh, make a list of prospects. So that's what I call step one, which is, which is prospecting, which is finding the creators that you want to work with. And so on today's episode, you're going to learn an incredibly powerful six-step process called the direct-to-creator approach to influencer marketing. It's a great episode. You do not want to miss, so do stay tuned. This is the 2X e-commerce podcast hosted by Kunle Campbell. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and today's episode is a must listen for anyone interested in influencer marketing. In today's conversation, I had the pleasure of speaking with Yash Shaban, the co-founder of Saral, a, an influencer marketing platform. Yash shares his expertise and insights on how to harness the power of influencer marketing to supercharge your brand's growth. Throughout this episode, we discuss an incredibly powerful framework called the direct-to-creator approach which Yash coined, and he gets to walk us through a six-step process that has been proven to drive remarkable results for brands of all sizes, from identifying the right influences to nurturing authentic relationships and maximizing conversions. 
Yash provides valuable strategies and tips to help you succeed in influencer marketing today. We also explore the importance of storytelling and crafting compelling brand narratives that resonate with both influencers and their audiences. Yash shares how to create impactful guidelines for ambassadors, ensuring consistent messaging and avoiding common pitfalls. But that's not all. Yash reveals the five key ways to compensate influencers effectively from gifting and seeding to affiliate partnerships and even equity collaborations. If you're looking to leverage the power of influencers, build an engaged community and drive tangible results for your brand, this episode is an absolute goldmine of knowledge. So grab your notepads and get ready to take some valuable insights from this conversation with Yash Shivan. Let's jump right in. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Want to improve your e-commerce customer experience with the power of AI? Tidio, the highest rated live chat app on Shopify has you covered. With Tidio AI powered chatbots and live chat, you can automate up to 73% of recurring questions, providing excellent customer support while creating a personalized shopping recommendation that increases your conversion rate. Tidio not only resolves tickets, but also creates sales opportunities, making it a must have for e-commerce operators. With dozens of e-commerce tool integrations and the ability to manage all communication channels in one dashboard, Tidio simplifies your customer interactions. And with the Tidio Plus plan, you get a dedicated customer success manager to help you unlock the full potential of Tidio's features. Join over 300,000 businesses in revolutionizing your customer experience with Tidio. Head to tidio.com slash 2x for a special offer and try Tidio for free today. Yash, uh, a very warm welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast. Alrighty, thanks Kungle. I'm glad, glad to be here. Fantastic. Okay, so first things first, you're dialing in quite late to to this podcast. It's nine thirty p.m. where you are. Um, where where are you? Uh, yeah, I am in Mumbai, India. Uh, Amazing. And it's raining. It's nice, cozy weather, and I'm I'm glad to be chatting with you. So yeah, it's also it's also raining here in Oxfordshire. Nice. Yeah. So, in- incredible backstory you have, and. Who best to tell you know your backstory than you? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's dig in, um, and I want you to go as far back as you you want to okay. um, to, to to really speak to you know the key experiences that, that have led to Yash mm-hmm. today in twenty twenty three. So it's a very open ended question. Some people go far back, others start with the careers. I'm just going to leave you to to jump right in already okay cool I'll, I'll give you the i'll give you the full story right so basically like every indian ever i was in engineering college and then i figured out it wasn't not for me um i always wanted to do business and sales and like marketing this stuff really excited me more than the engineering side so around my like my third year i pretty much like practically dropped out of um college and then was doing some sales gigs you know did some freelance marketing stuff like that and that's how i got into this world of um, marketing and then since then, I was like, I got my first role at a startup in sales. I was the first employee there. I was the first sales guy there in like a group of tech people. 
So I was always the person who looked at a product, looked at a market and figured out a way to um, sell it or market it. And then that's how, so I started off in sales. I went into marketing because I found that sales was one-on-one versus marketing was one too many. So that was just more exciting for me. Um, so got into marketing, did some marketing roles and then eventually started an agency, which is where the story about influencers starts forming a little bit. Facebook ads stopped working around the time of the COVID-19 thing happen, happening. And then iOS 14.5 happened. I was like, oh, oh my God, Facebook ads just don't work anymore because of all the privacy updates. So as an agency, we had an option. We could get fired because our clients were making no money from Facebook, or we could figure out another way to make them money. And we looked at influencers as a possible viable channel. And then I was like, okay, let's figure this out. And I was, I was always the guy who had a bias for action. So I did not really like read a blog or read a book or, you know, like take a course or anything. I was like, because I already had the sales experience. I was like, how difficult can it be to contact a bunch of influencers and get them to promote our product? Um, turns out it was difficult, but then we figured it out just for, for sheer brute force. And then they were like, we're spending, spending like, 20 to 30 hours every single week on just managing the influencer programs for every single client. Um, there has to be a better way. And at this point, he had everything in spreadsheets and notion tables in Trello, um, another like emailing tool for mass emails and so on. It was just all over the place and very messy. Um, led to a lot of headaches for me. So we were like looking at software and then everything in the market was super expensive and super, super complicated to use. So we were like, I need something that's affordable and that's easy to use. There was nothing like that that existed. And that's how Saral was born. So that's the that's the story so far. It was born out of sheer necessity. Yes, yeah. we caught down 20 to 30 hours of management of, yep. of accounts. Yep. <laughs> so how many accounts were you dealing with when you sort of pivoted to like an influencer marketing agency model at the time? Yeah, so we were having, so we were always boutique. Again, it was just a team of four people, including myself. So we were, we never had, it was my first business, so we never had plans to scale. We were like, let's just do our best work possible for these clients and then get as much, and again, we were young, to so get as much experience as possible and then we'll do our own thing, right? Um, so yeah, we had, a, I think, about three or four clients at that point, and then that whole management was just taking too much time for us in terms of we were doing influencer marketing for two of them, and it took us pretty much like an entire proper work week to get that entire, to sort out the management of it. So, yeah. Yeah, and then... What are your sort of top level takeaways from um, influencer marketing versus performance marketing? I'm not looking to say one is better, yep. but you've done both. Um, yep. So yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So influencer marketing is generally is just more top of funnel, um, and like sad for us, it's just like less trackable than performance marketing is. Performance marketing tends to be more trackable because it's like all the ads and attribution and everything is more set. Influencers is a little bit more, your tracking is a little bit more wonky on the influencer side of things. So that's the difference. Um, Usually on on like a broader scale, what I've seen is influencers tend to be the discovery channel and then the performance marketing, let's say a Google ad or a Facebook ad will be the conversion channel. So both, I won't, I agree with you. There's no one is better than the other conversation. It's like, how does influencer feed into performance and how do we use the performance data to feed into like getting better influencers so it's like a exactly. circular yeah and so long as the blended cpa works for both yep. channels you know um you're you're, you're good you're, you're off to the bank and um, yep. you can continue to scale and pull, pull more money on, on both ends super interesting okay so 
you said you went to, I just picked up on the fact that you went to engineering like college. Was this one of those elite engineering colleges in, in India? I hear that like some, there's some crazy. No, I was not one of the IIT, the smart IIT uh, people. No, yeah. <laughs> you live in, so, so you live in Mumbai. Yeah, which is, um, we have one of the top IITs here in, it's called IIT yeah. Bombay. Yeah. 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 And um, it, it, it's kind of like, is it, was, is, 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 a, is a tech, it's a tech space quite, quite, um, you know, active there. Yeah, it is more so in Bangalore, uh, which is in the south of mm-hmm. um, India than it is in Mumbai. Mumbai, think of Mumbai as, Mumbai as a tech scene, but it has more of a media scene. So think of Mumbai as like, so cause Bollywood is here. Um, that's just like the overshadowing giant that so even any scene in front of Bollywood is small, right? Versus Bangalore, which is, it's called the Indian Silicon Valley, is where all the tech, all the startups in India are basically there. Every, every like tech company was incorporated there. So, yeah. Super, super, super interesting. Super interesting. Now, with, 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 with your company, Saral, mm-hmm. um, what, you, I know you have a six step process. Mm-hmm. You also have a direct to creator, it's like a framework. Yep. Um, which is based on your standard operating procedures. And, you know, I just align with what you said with regards to the fact that you had to build out a system because you had the people, you had, you know, processes in place and yep. you've, you've essentially evolved through those processes to an entire system called Saral. Yep. Um, so stepping back to people, actually, mm-hmm. so to D2C, e-commerce operators listening to this and and I mean just people managing their D2C you know channel um, what is the ideal team for what's for 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 a high performing influencer marketing operation let's start out with people yeah amazing Um, good angle there Um, basically I would say if you're starting off if you're an emerging brand if you don't necessarily have the big budget um, just one well, like one savvy marketing person is all you need. They don't even necessarily now with a tool such as Seral, they don't have to be full time on influencer marketing. But assuming let's say you're even not using a tool, even if they're part time, let's say 20 hours a week on influencer marketing, and they just do that week on week, every week they have a system that they follow. Um, that should be good enough. We have, although to answer your question, maybe in a little bit more detail, we have studied some bigger brands that do it. And even the big brands, like we've studied Loopier Plugs, we've studied Magic Spoon, we've studied a couple others of like these big, big companies. At max, they have maybe two or three people on their influencer team, not more than that. And usually there's like some some sort of a performance marketing angle to it. So maybe they'll have the performance marketer as part of the marketing team. And then the marketing team is basically a couple of influencer marketers, a couple of performance marketers. And then they work with each other because the influencers and the creators generated the UGC to the performance team. The performance team sends the data back to the influencer team and then they work in tandem. But I've never really seen like a completely blown out team in-house and you don't really need that, especially nowadays with all these tools and tech available. So, yeah. Super super interesting. And then, so, yeah, let's, so you're suggesting one or two people in your team. And then what are their roles? Yeah, um, I would just say one person to start, influencer marketing manager or social, even like I said, even a part-time person is fine. So you could just be a social media manager because we've worked with about like 
about 100 brands so far, especially on Saral. We've worked with founders directly who do influencer marketing, especially if they're very, very small, maybe like just starting out, um, something like that, just like the hustler founder archetype is what we've worked with. Um, then we've worked with influencer marketing managers. So the founder has hired someone who's just solely responsible for influencer stuff, which is great. That's the perfect model if you're serious about it. And there's a third model where you have a person who may be a marketing manager or a social media marketing manager. So they, ha they have like their hands on some other marketing stuff, but then they have their plate clear to take on some influencer responsibilities. And I've seen all, all three of these models work. The founder-led model works, the influencer marketing manager obviously works because that's their role. And then the social media marketing manager or just the marketing manager who takes up influencer marketing um, definitely works. So, yeah. Amazing. Very, very interesting. And would you be able to break down their the process? So you, so you you talk about the six-step process yep. for influencer marketing. And yep. um, it, it's within this framework of your of a direct to creator framework. Yep. So yep. I, I'd love to, to hear what um, the processes look like. Yeah, um, I would I would shed some light on the direct to creator part first. Um, what happened was um, at the agency, when I was at the agency when, when we were doing things, it was always direct to creator. Uh, we did not have the, we did not, like even our clients were relatively on the, they were on, they were startups. We were working with big, big brands. So they did not have the budget to sign up for tools or platforms. So we all we could do is just DM or email the creators directly. So that, that's what I mean by direct to creators, just go to the creator directly instead of going to an agency or like a talent agency or instead of going to a marketplace. But what I, when I started a platform, which was Saral, what I saw was a lot of brands go to like these influencer hiring platforms or UGC platforms, and then they hire, like I'm qu using quotes for people who are not on video, like they hire influencers to post about them and then it's over at uh, that usually does not work out and you end up spending a lot of money for very, very little return. And that's a very transactional approach. Like, hey, I'm going to pay you X amount and you're going to post about me and then it's over. So that's a very transactional third-party approach where you're going through a talent agency or you're going through a marketplace. Instead, with direct-to-creator, you cut the middleman, you save your cost, you save your time and you go direct-to-creator. So that's what I mean by the whole um, direct-to-creator philosophy. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. And then... What about the the the, the actual day to day, um, you know, process? What, what should influencer marketing teams, whether it's you know one man band or you know a team or two or three, yeah, what what, what how how should they systematically approach influencer marketing for for the maximum um, return? Yep. So I have a I have a six step process for this. I I go through each one of these steps and then you can ask me questions. Um, basically, step one is always, a lot of times brands make this mistake is that they will always focus on the strategy first. Like what's our strategy going to be with influencers, right? Usually I say that's a, because again, like I said, it's always, I'm always like the bias to action kind of guy. So always I would say your first step as a brand is to find your first 100 perfect fit influencers. Don't worry about strategy yet. Don't worry about anything else. Just figure out who you want to work with I'll make a list of at least 50 of those people and better if you make a list of 100 people. Uh, make a list of prospects. So that's what I call step one, which is, which is prospecting, which is finding the creators that you want to work with. And this may be as simple as, let's say, for example, you're a organic skincare brand. You can just like go on Instagram, type in hashtag organic skincare or hashtag skincare routine and just find influencers who are posting about it and make them add them to a Google sheet, right? 
uh, make a list of creators. That is step one. Now, once your who is figured out, then you figure out your what. Because now once you're, because otherwise you create strategy, but then strategy depends on who the people are, like we said. So if you, do, if you don't have clarity or if you're going to work with makeup influencers or if you're going to work with organic skincare influencers uh, or you're, if you're going to work with lifestyle influencers, if you don't have clarity on the who, the what is kind of irrelevant. So that's why I put the who first to so find who, who you want to reach out to, who your influencers are. Then step two is what I hate calling it strategy because that's just like a little bit of a buzzwordy thing. So I call it offer. Um, so you create your influencer offer and your offer consists of three components. Usually, it consists of an incentive for the influencer, which is, hey, that might be a straight up front payment if you have the budget, that might be a commission, that might be just a free gift. That depends. It's basically an incentive for the influencer to boast about you. The second component of the offer is the discount for their fans. So now they've posted about you. Why should their fans buy from their link instead of just going to the website or clicking on the Google ad and buying, right? Or why should they buy now instead of later? So for that, you're going to discount or create some kind of a bundle offer for their audience. So that's the second component of the offer. The third component just sweetens the deal a little bit, which is like, what perks are you offering? Are you offering recurring free gifts for them? Are you offering some like community access? Are you offering behind the scenes access, early access to new products, something like that. And basically makes the influencer feel like they're actually part of a community as opposed to just being like an affiliate salesperson kind of a mindset. So that was the offer, right? So you find your influencers, you create a what I call a no-brainer influencer offer, which is basically if you put a no-brainer influencer offer in front of your ideal prospect, it should be a match and they should say yes. So once you have these two things figured out, step three is to actually reach out to them. The best way to reach out sometimes, like there's a debate in influencer circles about like, should you DM people? Should you email people? Um, usually most influencers will have their email listed somewhere either in their bio or they'll have it in, in like the email button on their profile you can just use that if they don't then if their email is not available only then dm them is what my opinion is and to start you can just stick to purely email there are enough influencers in the world who have email business is done over email you don't want to get into the hassle of back-to-back dming because that gets that's a different beast to manage so that you can keep for later just email people send them an outreach email Step number four is shipping the product. This is kind of like a, it might feel like a kind of like a non-consequential step, but a lot of brands mess up here, which is why I've made it a fourth like explicit step. With shipping, you have to be very careful. Use express shipping. So ship the product as fast as possible as soon as they say yes. Use like, if you, if you can deliver in one or two days, deliver in one or two days instead of waiting for a week. So do that. Use the, like pay the couple extra bucks for the shipping. Do that. If you can, Add personal letters to every um, influencer outreach, influencer ship, shipment that you send. So basically, write a personal letter yourself or there are apps that do this. Um, send them a personal note thanking them for accepting the gift and being a part of your community. So do that. Shipping is very, very important. Basically, if you blow them away with the shipping, influencers are always looking for content, right? If you just have the uh, most amazing baller shipping experience, they're going to post about you. They're just going to do an unboxing video when they get the gift because they will expect a cardboard box to show up. But you send something that's like nicely like tinted, maybe it's colorful, maybe it has some goodies inside, it has a personal letter. They have more excuses to post about you. So shipping is a very crucial step. We ship products properly and personalize the shipping experience. Then step number five of the six steps is track performance. At this point, you've pretty much done everything you can. You 
found the right people, sent them the right offer, shipped them the product. Now you wait for post and then you track performance. So see who's working well, see who's posting, see who's not posting, follow up with them if they're not posting and then track the performance, track the traffic that they send, see the quality of the content performance with influencers is not to be confused with the performance in performance marketing because like I said, it's a discovery channel. So a lot of times the good good performing influencer could also simply mean for you, and this depends on brand to brand, a good piece of content can be good performance because that led to good equity and brand value was created there. So make sure that you're tracking the posts and tracking the sales also that come with it. And then finally, to step, if you just do the first five things, you're like, you already have a good program. You don't have to worry about it. But to go from good to great is where step six comes in, which is to actually build long-term relationships and maintain them with creators. Because if you have someone post once or twice, that's fine. But if the same person keeps posting about month after month for let's say even six to 12 months, that is just going to be insane for your brand value. And the, the, the relationships, I like to say relationships compound, transactions don't. So if you just pay someone to post, they post about you once or twice, it's done, it's dead after that. But with relationships, maybe even if they had a slow starter, maybe they just test your product out for a month or so, but then, then they start advocating for it. Um, it's going to hit really well with their audience. And then if you keep, you have to maintain that relationship for a long term. And the way you do that is like with the perks side of the influencer offer. So like send them new free products, send them um, special offers, give them a gift card, send them something for their, uh, I don't know, their spouse or their son or their daughter or something like that. I do think special things for them and just basically like treat them like a friend is what is a good, good heuristic because I can keep giving tactics, but then as long as you treat them like a friend and make sure that they feel welcome and then they're part of a community and you give important things to them, you should be good. So those are my um, six steps uh, of influencer marketing. So just to recap one last time, it's prospecting, which is finding the right influencers, sending them the right offer, that it's creating the offer is step two, sending the offer is step three, shipping and personalizing the shipping experience is step four, tracking performance is step five, and then go for good to great by building the right relationships. So, yeah. It's incredible rundown, incredible rundown. And um, I really resonate with, with, with it. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Hey, 2Xers, I want to take a moment to talk about a service that has made a significant impact on product launches for our e-commerce brands. It's called Tread. Tread first hit the market in early 2020 and has since become the go-to financing option for over 500 brands, including big names like Rosum. In just one sentence, Tread can be described as the ultimate solution for purchasing inventory, allowing retailers to sell first and pay suppliers later. As an e-commerce brand owner myself, I can't emphasize enough how helpful Tread has been for our business. Their unsecured funding and credit model, which takes into account the current financial health of a business, has allowed us to access financing without worrying about collateral. We've improved our cash flow by avoiding upfront supplier payments and freeing up funds. This has enabled us to invest in larger orders, expand our product range, and even negotiate supplier discounts. And let me tell you, the flexibility is amazing. Tread offers a pay-as-you-go model with a flat and transparent fee, which means you only use it when you need to. No hidden cost or long-term commitments, just a simple and effective way to manage our inventory financing. The best part? Tread works independently 
of e-commerce platforms and requires minimal onboarding. It doesn't matter if you're a founder, CEO, CFO, or part of the finance team. Tread can be a game changer for your business. With taglines like sell first, pay suppliers later, and snooze your supplier invoices with Tread, it's clear that Tread is all about empowering businesses like ours to import the goods we need now while handling the invoice and allowing us to pay up to 120 days later. So if you're in the e-commerce space and looking for a smart, flexible financing solution, I highly recommend giving Tread a try. Visit their website on treyd.io. That's treyd.io to learn more and get started today. Now, let's get back to the show. Uh, one of our brands, um, it, it's it, it really lends itself to to influencer marketing, and the I think what hooked me from what you just said was the relationship building because we 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 work with some influencers who we pay them good money, but they just keep on delivering and um, the relationship is there. You know, we have, we've built, you know, over one year relationship with them. Yeah. We just keep that cadence and then they give updates to their audience. So it's like a chain, you know, so, 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 you know, I have to agree with you. Yeah. And those are your like elite special influencers you, you keep, you know, really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I say like uh, taking a relationship first approach to influencers is just so critical. Most brands tend to fall for the shortcut of just like using a marketplace or a talent agency, hiring a bunch of creators and then just making them post and then whatever. It's just like don't don't do influencer marketing if it's a if it's like a box to check for you. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a box box to check. If you're not devoted, if you're not ready to spend at least five to ten hours a week, if you or someone on your team. Then just don't bother with influencers because it's a very relationship. It's unlike performance marketing where you just set something, you forget it, you check in every, every day, every couple of days for performance and then you tweak variables. It's a very, very different mentality. It's like it's more soft skills oriented than hard skills oriented. So, yeah. I have a, a couple of questions. One is zooming into like prospecting step one mm-hmm. um, to, on the one hand, to affiliate or to, to pay. Yep. Um, do you have any rules um, from your perspective? Yeah, usually for the kind of brands that we work with, um, I recommend them to just do affiliate to start. Um, so the incentive part of the offer has to be affiliate only. Um, if a brand does have the budget to allocate, I do recommend that they allocate. And if a particular creator is really, really good, you really want to work with them, but they don't want to work with you on an affiliate basis, then it's fine to make an exception. But generally speaking, I think it's better if you do what what I call the ambassador model, which is just so again, so affiliate is just the incentive part of the offer, right? The offer has two more components. The offer has a discount and the offer has perks. So there's more ways in which you can make the offer more enticing for the influencer. So the affiliate commission is one, but then, hey, I'm also offering a discount to your audience or you could do a giveaway or you could do a special bundle or something like that. Um, and finally, you could give them special perks. Um, so, for example, there was a CrossFit ba- uh, brand that we worked with, and then they offered their team of ambassadors free training sessions at their nearby gym, which everybody liked because they're CrossFit people. They love to train. They want to visit different gyms and train. 
Um, so just giving that perk, even if like they got big and they got like people with 50 or 60,000 followers to promote them just because they had that extra additional thoughtful perk that they added in there instead of just saying, hey, we've got this affiliate program, right? So take the ambassador approach, do the affiliate discount and perk model. And then from there, see who's posting that, that step five, right? Track performance. And then based on that, see who's performing well, see who's getting the best type of content, see who's already starting to get you sales and then promote them to a more like a paid retainer model where you pay them a certain amount. You can maybe also keep their, let them keep the affiliate commissions you pay them. And then you make sure that they're generating content, which can also, again, fuel your performance marketing side of things. So. Super interesting. So, so what um, affiliate ma- management platform do you use to, to track, um, you know, performance and returns from, from ambassadors or, you know, um, partners? Yeah, so we use Saral. So Saral has that okay. <laughs> thing. Um, but then, yeah, there are, before even before Saral, we've used others. So there's GoAfro, which is a free platform um, that we've used. There's Refersion. Um, there is, we've used Dovetail and Shopify Collabs before it. So, yeah. There, there, there are lots of options. Yep, yep. The the second question I had, had has to do with influence, like guiding influencers um, and how far would you go? And the reason I'm asking is because, you know, you're not just speaking from a point of view of, um, hey, you know, we have these, we have a few clients and, you know, this work, but you, you, you guys have, you know, a bunch of customers using yep. your platform. So you're seeing trends, you know, and that's why I like speaking to, to SaaS solutions every now and then, because you, you have the data, you have like aggregated data. Yep. So going back to my question, it's really around how do you, do you put together material and, and in, in what structure to really guide the the posting uh, or do you give the influencer quite a lot of flexibility to translate to, to just just translate it in in their own tone of voice and and get out there how far do you script how far do you guide what, what's your philosophy there with regards to giving them that offer that they're going to present um, to, to to their audience yeah good question so I like to say creative briefs are a scam. Um, and then, because usually what, with influencer marketing, there was always traditionally speaking, there was a what's called a creative brief. So you hire an influencer. So again, this is all from the like the old school, not non-direct to creator world, where usually there's a talent agency involved or nowadays there's a tech marketplace involved. You hire the influencer and then you slap them with a creative brief, uh, which kind of defeats the purpose of working with a creator, in my opinion, because... Um, you're hiring a creator, um, their job is to create. Um, they're creative, they've used their they've used their creative skills to bother, like to build an audience of let's say 10 or 20 or maybe 50,000 people. And now you're gonna slap them with a script that your marketing intern wrote two years ago. That does not make a lot of sense to me. So what we do instead is we just give some guidelines. So obviously for every brand, there's gonna be some things you say, some things you don't say, but we don't necessarily script anything, especially at the ambassador stage. So when they're just an ambassador, right when we onboard them, we send them their tracking link and the discount code. With that, usually our brands will send them something like a guidelines document and we have our framework for that as well. This is like a basically like a notion template we send our brands where they just fill their details in. The way it's structured is like, it has an origin story of the brand that helps the creator relate to how the, usually like direct-to-consumer brands also have like a, like a founder story, like how they started, the pain that they felt and so on. 
they have a personal origin story then they have what things to say so things not necessarily say these nice things about us but it's like hey it has this it has this it has this and this is how it can potentially help your um, audience so you have that and then finally things not to say so sometimes there may be misconceptions maybe like if it's a organic brand uh, someone an influencer might accidentally end up saying it's it's gluten free or it's it's vegan but maybe it's not right because or maybe it is so you have to say that so stuff like that which is kind of like around more like the specifics of what the brand stands for uh, we mentioned that so hey definitely mention this definitely don't mention this because we don't stand for that and then we at the very end we add other inspiration so obviously you can add inspiration if you have nobody promoting you you can add just some of your own creative assets that you've posted on your socials or best if you've got customers already promoting you and sharing your content your products online add their stories their posts their reels as inspiration and after a certain point once you have your ambassadors posting you just replace all of those with your actual influencers post and then use that as creative guidelines so the way you structure your guidelines document is your origin story um things to say things definitely not to say and then creative inspiration at the very end we leave them with that and they have a with the origin story they have context in what the brand is they after the next two points they know what to say what not to say and then they are left with some inspiration so that their creation can flourish in those within those guidelines so yeah i love the framework i love the framework origin story the guidelines and and um inspiration you know um i, I really like that structure really really like it really really like it makes makes a lot of sense and they they will connect with you with that origin story so if you have if you've nailed your story right you know um they can connect their story with your story to to really you know um emotively engage their audience um with the offer which which is which is super so yash on your website you um i'm just going to read a section of the of your home page which is like um people trust people not ads having a community of 50 to 100 influential ambassadors constantly promoting your brand on their socials is of supreme such hate word important to 2023 but don't take my word for it ask lululemon Provida, bang sephora all the big brands which you and i love in different industries were built by partnering with creators and my question really is how do you manage you know a, a community of 50 to 100 you know um you know ambassadors who, who are creators how, there's, there's a lot of people yeah it is it's i would say it's a good starting point some of our brands have like 500 plus creators in their community so it is yeah it's like some of our bigger brands definitely have that a uh, 50 to 100 is a good goal to have uh, when you're just starting out that should be like your first mountain to climb once you're there you'll have different problems and then you can then that that's a separate podcast to record after that point but to get to your 50 to 100 um, influencers should be your first like main influencer mountain to climb and then the way you manage it is you just use um i mean honestly i'm not trying to sell but then you use a crm or a relationship management platform such as seral which helps you keep stay on top of things obviously for maybe like a dozen or so people on your in your community you're able to manage it in a spreadsheet and you don't honestly you don't need a tool and if you're at that stage don't even sign up for something like a seral but if you want to scale that to like like a legit scale where you genuinely have all these influencers promoting you non-stop and they're getting you sales is when you would need a tool such as Seral to stay on top of things and actually do the step number six which was 
building of those relationships and maintaining them for the long run. That's that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and the thing is, do you refresh the offers and say, hey, hey, community, hey, folks, um, you know, um, we we're willing to give this offer. It might be a discount or a perk. And how do you refresh, just keep the energy going? Or is it is it purely based on incentives whereby we say, hey, if you promote today rather than getting 15%, you know, commission will give you 25%. How what what tactics are, are they using to to really energize the community yep. of ambassadors? Yep. To be very honest, you don't need to try this if you're like just getting to your first 50 or 75 creators. At that stage, when you are at that inflection point where you you know that you're gonna hit hundred anytime is when you have to introduce this stuff. To get to your first 50, it's very simple. Just keep things simple. Don't worry about doing any like challenges or giveaways or like fancy stuff. Um, just make sure you follow the six-step system and you will get to your first, let's say, 50 to 100. At that point, yes, we do introduce stuff like challenges in the community. So something like, hey, whoever gets the first 10 sales of this product on this day will win a certain reward. It can be a monetary reward, can be a perk, like an extra bonus perk or something like that. So we can do that, um, right? So challenges are one way. The other way we keep um, like an ongoing way just to answer your question for some of the smaller, like earlier stage brands who might not have fully developed influencer programs is to ascend influencers from being ambassadors to being higher tier ambassadors. So like you said, if the commission for everyone else is 15%, the best ambassadors get a 25%. So that's one way. And then the other way is what I mentioned early on in the podcast, which is like, uh, ascend your influencers to a monthly retainer. So if they're really, really good, you know you've got your economics figured out with them, get them on a monthly retainer, pay them, let's say, 500 to 1,000 bucks a month and get get them to make a certain uh, frequency of content, a certain style of content. And th- at that point, you can also script the, start scripting the content a little bit, which is what we somewhat alluded to early on. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, 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 that's interesting in, in of itself. And, and then... Could you paint me a picture of what community looks like within Saral? Yep. So the way the way our communities work, so Saral is more for the the manager, the brand to use. Um, it's not for the influencers. So we're not like a Discord or something like that for the creators. Usually, the way we engage um, cross influencer stuff is we can add them to a group, usually on Slack or on WhatsApp or in Facebook. Um, if it's a younger audience, Discord also works, although we have not really seen that. Uh, we haven't personally done it, but then it can work definitely. Um, so any like get your influencers to be part of a group, um, like your ambassadors. Another interesting thing that brands can do, and this is the easiest to set up, easier than a group and everything, is create a private Instagram account, which is just for your ambassadors. Mm-hmm. So it should be, it's a brand, it's a Sephora.ambassadors, just to give you an example. And that's a private account. Only influencers can follow it. You follow all your influencers back. And then you're basically, because the problem with getting your community off of the platform is it's hard to keep them engaged and that becomes a separate role. And then you go to hire someone to do that. And that becomes a different beast to figure out, which distracts you from your main mission of influencer marketing. So instead of doing that, keep things on social media, create a private Instagram account, have all your influencers follow that. And then on that page, you can like share all your influencers' content, encourage like cross DMs, have groups on Instagram with different influencers, and so on. So that's like an interesting way that I'm seeing some of our brands do it. So yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so. Okay. So, thanks for clarifying. Sarah would manage the the entire workflow, yep. and then it's up to the brand to select a platform, be it Instagram, be it a private Slack, be it, it. Discord, to 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 really build that relationship with with the influencer. I've even seen Correct. some some brands use Facebook groups, which which works, yep. Yep. which works well. Yep. But but is it, it's very important. Just so the the point I'm I, I want to sort of confirm from you is it's very important to have a platform that brings your influencers together and your 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 ambassadors together. So and then you speak to them and you know there's that social interaction, right? Correct. Yeah. Usually, like even so just to illustrate with a real world example, um, even with our brands uh, on the agency side of things, the best influencers were the people whom we've had Zoom conversations with, whom we had even some of them on WhatsApp, just like interacting with them like friends. And we did this at that point. I did not have like these like fancy frameworks and steps and everything. We were just figuring things out as we went. And then just by coincidence, we found out that all the influencers that performed well at the end of every quarter were the people we did Zoom calls with, were the people we were on WhatsApp with, were the people we added as LinkedIn connections, for example. Right, so like, Random stuff like this that really helped us build that really authentic connection with our creators. Those creators ended up being the highest performing ones. So we was like, we should systemize this and make it such that we are building these deep kind of connections with every single influencer that we onboard. And that's how the Saral platform, like the relationships concept in Saral was born, which is like the relationship is, a, is at the core of everything else that you do. So, yeah. That makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. And yep. um, I guess you're on Shopify also. Yes. Yep. Okay. 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 Um, is there any other question I I haven't asked you that you you really want to 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 to, to communicate to to the audience? Um, to, 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 no. I think you asked some really interesting questions. I guess one of the if I were to give you like a final nugget apart from the main frames that you need is just the two most important frames is influencer marketing. Be direct to creators. Reach out to the creators directly. Don't lease this away to a talent agency or to some like a marketplace where you hire UGC creators from. Um, take ownership of the channel. And the second frame is to set the right systems. So make sure you follow the six-step system every single week um, and you should succeed. Like once you have these two down, the specifics you can you can figure out yourself on how you have to work and operate at your own brand. But then these two things you need to have sorted and then apart from that you can you can figure things out yeah amazing amazing and very very interesting i have one final question okay is what's your preferred platform youtube tiktok twitter instagram snapchat where, where where's all the where's all the magic happening on your end um so like for myself or you're asking in terms of um, so in, in general i'm going to walk to <laughs> right okay um already yeah so i would I don't have one specific platform to answer here um, because usually with influencers, we see a variety of platforms work. Um, it depends on the niche. It depends on the product, right? So usually if it's a little bit of a, if it's a product that lends itself to doing some kind of education, YouTube tends to be a good platform for that. So, because YouTube is longer form, um, the audiences on YouTube is also a little bit more, they have a higher attention span. So when you're on YouTube, you'll be likely on your desktop computer. You're also more prone to buy. So like YouTube is the best for a for a product that lends itself to explanation. For a product that is very catchy, that may be unique, um, something like a TikTok is very good 
also Instagram appeals to a certain extent, but then TikTok is going to be the platform for you if you're like a fun kind of product that really hooks someone's attention. And Instagram is usually the best of both worlds. So if I were to give you one answer to just to be safe, um, <laughs> go with Instagram. Um, but again, there's many nuances to it. If your audience is not on Instagram, just because I said Instagram, don't do Instagram. Make sure that there are people in your customers who are on Instagram, who are browsing Instagram, um, and only then uh, choose the platform. So yeah, yeah, good, great, great yeah. question, great, great, great answer, rather, great, great answer, great, great, great answer with regards to to the options you have. So if you have a, you know, something that needs like an electronic, you know, device that that needs, you know, quite some some explanation or a demonstration, then go long form. And um, yeah, if if it's instant, you know, these are the results. Is how I look. Then you know, go for more shorter form, you know, platforms. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of um, also um, just calculation, you know, involved in should I go for this influencer or not? But when you're you know running a you know an ambassador or an affiliate, you know, um, you know model then you you're not really concerned about how much you're paying because it's it's almost like a performance model correct um but but that'll be for another episode on and yes <laughs> on, on on paying you know how to serve you know calculate um how to make calculations on on what to pay and influence i think that's a very very yes. powerful so yeah, if, um, we, can, we can do another recording wait, there is it I'll, I'll leave it a cliffhanger there are only five ways you can incentivize influencers so we we'll, we we'll leave that for another episode. Uh, let's 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 summarize. Let's summarize. What should people expect from the five 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 ways to to compensate? Um, so basically, it's like a lot of people tend to ask, like, what's the like? How do we pay influencers? Right? Like, should we do affiliate? Should we do um, like ambassador? What should we do? Right? So there's only five ways to really um, pay influencers. It is basically. You give them a monetary compensation, right? So I'll, I'll actually start with the cheapest way and then I'll go to the most expensive ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can do gifting or seeding. That is step number one, right? That's the easiest way. Just Does it work? It works in certain markets. So especially if the product is something that is either very rare or very useful. So if it's something that is, let's say you gift a... Let's say you reach out to productivity influencers and you gift them a uh, like a table Pomodoro timer, right? It's a very use. It's it's something that's not really exclu- exquisite or rare. It's it's common, but then it works for that that niche. That's a need that they need solved. Um, in that case, gifting really works. Um, so gifting or seeding, whatever you want to call it, um, that's going to be like the first, the most cheapest way to work with influencers. Then the second one is affiliate or ambassador where you pay them a percentage of your of the sales that they drive. The third one is um, you pay them upfront. So you're like, hey, we're just going to pay you, a, like that's a more, more transactional model where you just let's say, it'll pay you 200 bucks for two Instagram deals, something like that, right? The fourth one is a mix of the last two where you pay them upfront and you pay them an affiliate commission. So sometimes what will happen is that an influencer will uh, say, yeah, I'm going to charge some exorbitant amount. Like they'll say, I'm going to charge $1,000 for a reel or something like that. In that case, if you really want to figure out a way to work with them, a good negotiation tactic is to cut that in half and say, hey, we'll offer 500 upfront and 15% recurring commissions. So your upside is unlimited. 
right? And then so as a brand, you reduce your downside. As the influencer, they re- they increase their upside, right? So it's a win-win offer. So that's that's the fourth way to incentivize creators. And then the final way, which and might end up being the most complex or the most expensive in the long run, is actually equity partnerships with creators. So it's not upfront payments. It's not affiliate. It's equity. So yeah, those are the those are the five ways, and we can dive in on it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We had on speaking to the last um, episode, we we had Kelly Thornton from this from a from a men's brand company. Can't quite remember the name now, and he just got um, a YouTube influencer with one million followers. He gave gave him equity. Yeah, in in his in his company, yep. and um, he is he, they created a. A whole YouTube channel just for the brand, yep. you know, um, which which was quite quite interesting. Nice. Yeah, it's called Teach Hanley. Yeah, Teach. Teach Hanley. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 One of their competitors uses Sarah. <laughs> interesting. <Yep. laughs> interesting. Interesting. So yeah, 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 Yash. Um, yeah, I was really looking forward to this conversation, and um, it, it, it met um, you know, my expectations, and you know, you checked all the boxes. I'm Thanks. smarter <laughs> uh, from an influencer marketing standpoint. Uh, just want to for people want to find out more, you know, um, about um, Saral. Um, they could just go to getsaral dot com. Um, do you have any special offers to um, to people? I know we haven't even discussed this yeah. prior to this call yeah. to to listeners. Um, do, do, is there any special offer you want to give? Yeah, I can set it up. So basically, um, if you go to getseller.com, just sign up and then we'll give you a 14-day trial. So it's a seven-day trial by default, but then start a trial, just message me in support. There's a support chat that's on the website and on inside the app. Once you sign up, just message me, say you came from Kunde's podcast, and then we can extend your free trial to, to 14 days. So, yeah. Amazing. I, I like the fact that on the photo of your website, you have alternative to Grin, Paid, Maverick, <laughs> Aspire, Tiger, Offluence, yep. everybody in there. Super, super interesting with landing pages there. Yep. <laughs> clever, 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 clever. Yash, it's been an absolute pleasure, you know, having you on the pod. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you for for sharing your your, your knowledge, the director creator framework, um, and your six step process to influencer marketing. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Hopefully, we do another one of these very soon. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cheers. All right.